let's try that again, shall we? <laughs> oh my God. Good morning. Welcome to a Tuesday, Thursday show. Holy crap. I didn't realize that uh, I had no audio, so I apologize about that. Would have been nice to uh, hit the right button. Oh my God. Sorry, guys. Welcome to a Thursday show. Hopefully, you're doing all right. Got a couple of topics to hit. One thing I wanted to mention is I'm not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you, trying to help you guys figure things out. Hopefully, I can do a better job with uh, helping you guys on your issue than uh, trying to troubleshoot my audio. <laughs> Anyways, that was, that was absolutely my fault. I hit the wrong button. Actually, I, un- I forgot to turn a button on or off. Anyways, so there you go. Hopefully, you guys are doing good. Uh, wow, yeah, that, that's a great start for the day. Hopefully, you guys can hear me now. Uh, hopefully, I haven't uh, messed everything up. Let me just check my board to make sure that I, I haven't screwed anything else up. It looks like everything else is good. So you should now be able to, to, uh, to hear me. Uh, sorry about that. All right, let me get my volume back right. So one of the things that I'm going to hit first, right off the off the get go, is somebody had asked a question even before the show started. And let me see if I can find it. And it says, "Hey, can you explain the red pill?" That's something that uh, I think probably it. I'll go through it in three different ways. First thing, what the red pill is in reference to is the movie The Matrix. When Neo and Morpheus are in that room and Morpheus, I got the names right. Morpheus tells Neo, you know, I can give you the red pill or the blue pill and you can just stay asleep or I can give you the red pill. It'll wake you up. You'll see how far the rabbit hole goes and figure, figure things out. Anyways. Um, and, uh, so in the movie, the matrix, he takes the red pill, he gets kicked out of the matrix and he sees everything that's going on. All right. So that's, that's the basis of where, what the red pill is talking about. So you got the blue pill and the red pill. Now there's the manosphere thing where people talk about taking the red pill. And, and basically what it means is, well, let me back up for a second. So basically the underlying thing theme of that is, is if you take the red pill you see behind the veil, you start to see what's really going on, and you're not living in a fantasy land. And things start making more sense because you understand what's going on. All right. So then the next part about that is in the Manosphere. They talk about it specifically uh, whenever you go through a divorce or a really bad relationship, typically divorce. You become red-pilled because you get basically ground up in the machine you see what's going on and then you ultimately learn about all of this and you realize what, you know, what the family court system is set up to, how far that rabbit hole goes, uh, toxic people and how they're able to abuse situations and, and stuff. And that is basically what you're talking about. Now, in our context, I guess the third part about it, which is a little bit different, I would look at it as... Everybody who has an awareness of narcissistic abuse, personality disorders, 
they've basically have been red pilled. You've been, you know, you've taken the red pill, the mask has come off, you, you're seeing things for what they really are. And, uh, and for the most part, once you've been red pilled, you can never go back. And then you have the blue pill people where they are still in the veil and you can call and you can look at those as like flying monkeys, uh, surrogates, any, anybody who is still under the illusion of what's going on, you would consider blue pill. And there's some other, if if you deep dive into it more, there's like purple pill where, you know, you're a little bit, I guess technically I'm maybe like more purple pill than red pill. Um, but that's, that's the, uh, that's the general premise behind red pill. Uh, I think there's the, I think there's that movie called the red pill. Is it the red pill? I gotta look now. I gotta, let me see if I can, let me, let me do the clickety clack. Red. Yeah. Let me see if I can pull this up. There was a documentary done. Oh, wow. That did not do. Well, that was weird. Let me, uh, Red Pill movie. Uh, there's a documentary. Let's see if I can hit this. That was done called The Red Pill by uh, KCJ. And she deep, I mean, basically deep dived into uh, this. And it was basically The Red Pill, a feminist journey into the men's right movement. <laughs> I think it's actually an ex-feminist movie because after she made this movie, because after spending uh, time with these people, she got past all the the, the normal narrative, and uh, this was not received really well by her normal community, and she was basically cast out. Unfortunately, what seems to happen is, well, oftentimes, whenever somebody goes against that, that uh, you know, it's like, hey. What about this? If it's not part of the party line, a lot of times there, the reason I say that is I watched an interview with her, uh, back whenever I found this movie. And I, I think I found it a few years after it was out. I watched a couple of interviews with her and, and, you know, she was talking about her experience and, and the people she met and everything. And then someone said, Hey, how did this, uh, you know, how has this movie affected you? And she just, she almost got a, started crying and she's like, She's like, it destroyed my career. I made this movie. I thought it would, you know, I mean, I researched, I spent a lot of time and I thought it would open people's eyes to what's going on behind the scenes and start a dialogue and it destroyed everything. It ruined my career. Uh, nobody will, you know, all the people that used to talk to her and fund her won't even talk to her anymore. Uh, she was brutalized in the media and it was just, it was, it was sad. I'm not sure what she's doing now. Maybe making documentaries because she'd made other documentaries before all that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, you, anyways, main thing is watch the matrix. That'll give you the baseline of where that concept came from. Uh, the red pill diary or not the red pill diary. I don't know why I keep calling that, calling it that the red pill movie documentary was pretty good. There were some parts on it that were a little, uh, a little tough and, uh, yeah. So, um, let me see what people are saying about that, man. Astrid, uh, I'm not 
Mr. Man says divorce can turn a regular guy into a criminal. Man, it's it's really true. It doesn't take much, right? I mean, I mean, obviously you can get pushed over to your breaking point and then you can make decisions that are just not great. And then if you get caught up in the machine in a, in, in a way to where you do not have a way out, it, uh, let me back up. What I mean is if you get caught up in the machine to where you can't afford to pay, you start falling behind, then they start, uh, potentially can start, uh, what do you call it? Uh, hold you in contempt for not paying. And it's just, uh, it's a vicious cycle. So that's why I want to say guys, it is critically important for anybody in the early parts of this. And, and I know this is a really tough topic. Do everything in your power to jump through the hoops that the, that the system gives you so you don't get caught in that trap. Now I, I understand that sometimes that's impossible, but do everything you possibly can to stay as current as possible with whatever they're ordering you to pay. If it's too much, then keep going back to court trying to, if you know, trying to get it adjusted and, uh, just do what you can. Uh, I'll tell you in my situation at the beginning part of it, it was so bad. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It was so bad that, uh, I had the choice of paying her, you know, keeping my rent going. I mean, well, let me back up. I was at the point to where I could basically stay afloat, but I couldn't take any of my medications. I couldn't afford the, you know, $150 a month that I needed to basically take all my diabetes stuff and everything. So I stopped. I just, I couldn't, you know, it's like, well, you know, and it's, it was, it's weird because Back then, I was so angry about that because I'm like, this is this is bull. You know, here I am trying to make ends meet, trying to just tread water. And I will say that I did get my attorney was later able to get some offsets for that. And then, you know, then once the custody changed, it came down. But it was just it was. It was it was brutal and I was super angry. And what, you, and what you guys all will know when you become red-pilled <laughs> is uh, the person on the other side, your adversary, your narcissistic, toxic ex, doesn't give a rat's beep about you, about how anything affects you, about being fair. They don't care. And they will rationalize it in so many ways. They might rationalize it by saying, I'm just doing what the court I, all, all I'm doing is what the court said. I, I don't know. I mean, don't be upset. I, they said I'm supposed to get 120% of everything you have. So that's, that's what I'm supposed to get. <laughs> I hope to God as I'm saying that, that nobody's being triggered. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> it sure was triggering back then. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was so angry. I was so PO'd, you know, I, I honestly, honestly, what got, when I was at that point, let me just throw this out here because I know I'm disconnected from that, right? I mean, I can talk about it and I can see the, the, I mean, I can laugh about it now 
it was not a laughing matter. And the way I got <laughs> the way I got through that is I got angry and I'm like, she's not going to break break me. And this is what you guys need to get to. If you're at that stage, you need to get to the point to say, you know what? I'm gonna hunker down. I'm gonna survive this. I'm gonna get through it and I'm gonna thrive on the other side. And I'm not gonna give up. You know, I even told some of my friends, I'm like, if I have, I don't, you know, if if I have a heart attack or a stroke, keep me alive. I mean, in the past, I would have been like, <laughs> just let me go. You know, family be taken care of, whatever. I'm like, no, I want to stay alive. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to let her destroy the rest of my life. And I had no idea how I was going to get to the other side of that. I had no idea. I was just like, get to the next day, get to the next day, one more day, one more day, one more day. And every day felt like I was just getting just pummeled over and over and over again. And the the thing is, is that after a while, when I finally just got tired of being angry and realizing that that was doing nothing for me, it was doing nothing for my relationship with my kids, wasn't doing anything to her. Actually, all it was doing was giving her supply because I was uh, demonstrating in multiple ways that uh, I was still emotionally connected to her. Anyways, that is basically my, my roundabout take on the red pill and how I got through some of the early parts of that. So let me, uh, I, I did want to hit this. I got a super chat for more harmony. I really appreciate that. There was no text in it, but uh, thank you very much for that. I appreciate all the support. So speaking of that, the phone lines are open one. Well, kind of speaking of other issues, the phone lines are open one, four, two, four, three, seven, three, five, four, eight, three, one, four, two, four DSD live. The, uh, if you're out internationally, you want to try to call in, there is the link down in the description below to where you can go through a, uh, through a web interface. So you don't have to do international dialing. If you like what's going on here and you want to support the channel, you can do that through super chats and super stickers. Uh, you can also become a channel member over on the main YouTube page and just, uh, you scroll down and you can join at different levels. If you are at a uh, level two and above, uh, I'll have a little thing that I play at the end, recognizing all the channel members that wanted to be shouted out to level one. I leave that to where if you want to support, but you don't want to, uh, uh, be, be, called out, so to speak. Speaking of that, if anyone is at a higher level and you don't want your name on there, let me know and I can pull it off. So anyways, appreciate all the support. It means a lot, guys. I really appreciate that. Okay, so Scott had asked, can you address what to say when your kids ask when you're getting married and I want a new mom? Hmm. Well, I would say, well, see, that it depends, right? I, but I would say for the most part, on it, especially if you're not dating anybody, just say, you know, Hey guys, we're going to just focus on, on, on us right now. And when the time's right, and if the right person comes in, you know, that might be a possibility, but right now we're just going to focus on having the best relationship we can have and stuff like that. I wouldn't necessarily go into it like, you know, Oh really? Why do you want a new mommy? Is something wrong with your mommy? You know, or something like that. Uh, just, 
the thing is, is take everything slow. And, and I would also recommend that even if you find somebody, take time before you start introducing them into, well, not into your life, but into the, into your kids' lives. I personally would recommend you wait six months, uh, you know, three at the earliest. You want to make sure that the relationship is, is past the, the honeymoon phase and that you, you just take it slow. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want the kids to be coming in, or not the kids, but you don't want relationships to be coming in and out of the kid's life. It's like, oh, you know, are you my new mommy? Are you my new dad? And this is both, right? I mean, just, just minimize, minimize that. What you don't want to have is 10, 15 years later, your kid's going, wow, there was like, you know, seven different people that kept morass, um, marching through our lives. You know, plus you don't want them to get set up to where they think that that's, oh yeah, you just, you know, cycle through people and one day they're your soulmate and the next day they're not, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to show them or, or show the kids that that's what a normal relationship is. <laughs> DC says, I love your fake nice bit. <laughs> that's funny. Ian says, red pill, you start noticing how many of the narratives in the media only give you one viewpoint you start peeling back the onion. Yeah, see, that term can be used, going back to that, that term can be used in a bunch of different ways. Bottom line is, it's like like whenever you finally start to see through an agenda or or a a lie, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, I think that would be a good way to say it too. Oh, man. Will says, uh, yeah, my son asked me right after I moved out, are you still going to be my dad? Crushed me at the time. Yeah, kid, is this, you know, this whole thing, I mean, and I'm going to use that as a segue into the next little bit. This is hard on us. I mean, it's devastating to us because it's just, it isn't right. But our kids are, it's, it's worse for them. I mean, their whole reality, even if it was bad, right? Even if your home life sucked. But if that's what they grew up in, that's their normal, right? That's what they feel, even if, even if they don't feel safe, but that's, that's where they feel safe. They get up every day. They know what to expect. Maybe they know that mom and dad are going to fight. Maybe they know some things are going to get, you know, voices are going to be yelled at, or, or maybe they know that uh, they're going to get ignored or whatever. I mean, bottom line is, is that's their baseline. And most people do not deal well with change. And in that situation, your entire world has just been obliterated. And they don't know. They don't know what's going on. And if they have other friends who are going through different situations, maybe they're trying to like, okay, well, I know my buddies who've done friends at school who've been through this, and I can see their situation. So is my situation going to be like this? Is it going to be like, is it going to be going the other direction? They don't know. So it's, it's, uh, it's really tough on kids, you know? And, I, and I'm, my hope is, is that for people in the early parts of it that find like my channel is that I can help you deal with some of the, some of the extra stressors to get you to a point that, uh, you're minimizing the damage that you're doing with your own children and providing the best foundation that you possibly can. Let's see. Trying to look. 
up. So I see a little bit of conversation, but I'm not, I'm not tracking where it started. So, oh, I like this. Uh, Shannon Donnan said, I teach my kids that getting through difficulties builds character. That's good. I mean, try to turn it into a positive. So, so, and John had said to Mr. Man, the ex, the courts, attorneys, restraining owner, lies from the ex family have ruined my relationship with my kids. God, it's so easy to get caught up in that trap. I think the one benefit I had is since I got caught, well, I was a child in that trap, not with the restraining order, but basically being manipulated by my mom to hate my dad. You know, my dad was a, was, was a weird dude anyways back in the day. Well, maybe, you know what? I, I have such little memory of, of my childhood that it could have just been that that's what I was programmed and told. I had a really difficult relationship with my dad. I didn't see him for years. I mean, I ended up, you know, mom got full custody. My brother, who was younger than me, he was, uh, I don't know. Well, so he was younger, right? And what happens with younger kids is they don't get it. So they don't, they're not in the mode to, to realize that, oh shoot, if I don't follow what one parent says, they're going to, they're going to brutalize me emotionally. And what happened with in that situation is, is my, my brother wasn't buying all the, all the crap about our dad, which didn't go over well. So he basically got, uh, uh, you know, it's like, well, fine, go live with your dad. And then I got the guilt trip and felt, oh crap, I can't, you know, I, I can't leave mommy. I'm, what was I, 10 at the time? Maybe I was nine. Excuse me. I'm having a lot of sinus problems today. And, uh, I remember thinking that I remember thinking, oh my God, I can't, I mean, no, if I leave her, no one's going to be there for, I I have to stay with mommy and she would cry and, and, you know, and play the guilt trip thing. And uh, I bought it. And as a result of that, you know, I, uh, I sided with my mom, bought into the narrative that my dad was bad See, the thing is, when I bring this up, sometimes men get really, I'll get hate mail from it because it's like, you're a scumbag. You know, how could you do that to your dad? I was 10 years old. (laughs) I was a freaking kid being thrust in a situation that I had no business being involved in. And I was trying to do the best I can. And I was trying to make sure I was taking care. I was, you know, someone's got to take care of mommy. Same thing happens. I'm sure there's people out there that kids like somebody's got to take care of daddy. And it was tough. Anyways, you know, I mean, and I, I've said this before. I didn't realize what really happened until I was going through it. I didn't understand why my dad got to the point where he would, I mean, when I had my kids, I mean, I had kids later in the marriage, it was like seven year seven of the marriage. I couldn't understand. It's like, Oh my God, it's been, you know, what, 25, you know, whatever, uh, you know, years, 10, maybe 20, you know, probably what, 15, 20 years. It's like, oh my God, can't you get over this? How can you still be so angry? I understand now why he was so angry, you know? And I know now that whenever we were all in the same room, that my mom was doing exactly the same damn thing she would do before. It's just like all that fake, oh, hi, how are you? You know, and you, and you can just see through it and you know, see, this is the problem. This is the problem with narcissistic people because they can play that, right? So everyone else is like, oh, wow, you know, that person's nice. And they look at you and you, and you're like, you know, ready to 
throw daggers. And people are like, what is wrong with that person? My God, it's been 25 years. How can they still be angry? Thing is, everyone on this channel right now knows exactly why you can still be angry. Because you know you can never trust that person ever again. And you know there's always a, always a game. And you also know that with people in this category of, of personality traits, we'll call it that for right now, that uh, they don't change. The sad part is, is if if you ran into someone like this at 23, you know, whatever, you had a relationship, got you, know, whatever, really early, 23, boom, everything goes to crap. You run into them and, and they're 49, more than likely, it's going to be the exact same thing. They'll be a little older. Their skills might be a little more refined, but uh, yeah, it's not a good thing. All right. So let's see. Oh, um, I'm going to, all right, I'm going to try something. I'm going to see, I'm going to turn this up. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> let me try something here. I'm, I'm all right. Okay. So I am going to try to bring Debbie in here. So let's see if I can hit the button. Right. All right. Are you there? Yes. Can you hear me? Good. I can. I think I think this finally finally worked, even though probably trying to test this on a show that I started the first twenty seconds without any audio is probably not a good idea. So, what's uh, what's going on in the chat? Well, we've got examples going back and forth um, that, and you've touched on a few of them already. And we also had a little conversation going on about what marriage means. There's there's definitely some tension. When the word marriage is said, and so we had a you know a couple people going back and forth on what it means, and it can be a little triggering, you know. Oh yeah, I mean, absolutely. That, that's what's tough about this, right? I mean, you you have people at varying stages of this, and I don't, and I'll just throw this out there to everyone right now. I mean, we, be respectful, right? We need to be respectful to everyone, but. There is such a wide range of emotions on this. And when you're in the early parts of this, a lot of the things, that's why I even say it sometimes when I'm talking about it, a lot of the things I say can be triggering because it's, it's diving right down into that point that's really something you're dealing with right now. So is it, did it did it resolve itself? Are we okay, or is it? A oh problem? no, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that people were upset. I was just saying that I'm just sort of reading between the lines a little bit about how, uh, you know, eh, that it could be a difficult topic because it, it it makes sense because if you're just coming out of the worst disaster of your life, you know, of course you're not going to have this uh, rainbow and butterfly view, and. But that's not a bad thing. I don't think we should have a rainbow and butterfly view. In fact, uh, you know, I would have liked to have known the non fairy tale version of oh, that yeah. word when I was younger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I get it. Um, no, I saw somebody made a comment about uh, well, about it basically being a contract. You know, it's and I'll, I'll just say this. Let's see. Uh, uh, Red pill is knowing marriage is a binding state contract. Never again. One thing I'll. I remember talking to people about the situation, my situation and uh, some friends and stuff. And I would say, Hey, this is what's going on. Um, you know, nightmare. And they're like, wow, you know, that's crazy. And I go, yeah, at least I'm at 50, 50 custody. I'm like, Oh, thank God. 
at least, uh, you know, at least, at least you don't have to pay anything anymore. And I'm like, Oh no, I'm still paying. And I throw the number out and their jaw would hit the floor. And I would sit there and actually I would say, and it, it, this is actually before I really had the epiphany, but the way I would explain it is it's like, I would use the example, say, if I went into business with somebody, it's the same thing. I, and I would use the analogy. I say, okay, let's say hypothetically you and I, well, not whatever, you know, you, the person I'm talking to and I are in a, we create a business together. And let's say you, the other person, does all the work. It turns it into a million-dollar business, and all I am is a pain in the butt. I, I, I create problems. I'm not really helping. And just by the, sh- the, the you know, force of nature that the other person is, they're able to create this business to a, a million-dollar business. And then at one point I say, yeah, I don't want to do this anymore. I want out. I'm entitled to whatever that contract is to half of that. And the, and you're going to have to buy me out. And it's like, whenever people look at it that way, they're like, Oh, you know, I mean, cause that happens. I mean, people giving, make bad business deals and partner with people that they shouldn't. It's just, so, I mean, the reality when it falls apart, that's what it turns into. So, um, but that's, that's the analogy I've used with people to explain it. And most people don't think of it that way. They think, Oh, well, you know, it won't be that way. And I'm like, no, it's, you know, I mean, and the, but see, the crazy part is the flip side is, is that if both people were working towards it and then somebody's just like, Hey, I want to go a different direction, then, you know, how does that work out? So anyways, what's your take on that? Um, I mean, it, it, there was a comment in here that mentioned the, um, that it's a business contract, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think that was Mr. Mann. Um, and, um, and yeah, that's kind of what you're going along. Like, what do you do? You're in a business and one person does nothing wonders. Yeah. There's all these scenarios, right. Um, and whether or not one person does all the work or not, the contract is a contract. There isn't any way of enforcing. It's kind of hard to prove sometimes, right. Whether someone contributed or not. And so, and that's not the way divorce rules work. Yeah. They they don't take the, <laughs> they don't take the time to, for, they don't even take the time to find out if someone's lying or not, uh, yeah. let alone take yeah. the time to find out if one person contributed more. And then, um, and they can't really, it's very hard to prove emotional abuse. So yeah, if you could prove, well, this person has been, you know, mind effing me, you know, all this time and look at the emotional damage and here's a therapist that says so. Could you imagine like if they took the time to even go through that, could you imagine there'd be lying and lying? Are you kidding? They would have people paying therapists under the table to lie or they do now. (laughs) They probably do. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the problem, it's like, uh, we all want the truth to come out and we all want people to be honest, but we all know that's, you know, that's not what a lot of people represent. They just want to win. Yeah. So the whole thing is the whole thing. It's not just marriage. It's, it's also relationships. Like there's varying views of is dating a a good idea while you're still going through all this crap. No, and and, 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 you know, I'm not saying they're talking about it in the chat right now. I'm just saying it's common. Yeah. And the answer in that is no, spend the time to, to get yourself healed because otherwise if you jump into this too soon, the, the statistics, or the the odds are not in your favor that you're going to find the perfect person after you're probably going to 
you know, the universe is going to draw another person to you to help you learn that lesson, to help you re-experience it because obviously you didn't get it the last time. Guys, just make sure you take the time to just really work on yourself so that you don't do this again. So anyways, all right, let me, uh, I did want to, uh, bring, um, okay. I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, I, I did yesterday. I published the interview I did with, um, Veronica Archer. I hope you guys had an opportunity to take a look at that, but she did send me a little note that I'm going to, uh, to play for you guys now, if I can hit my, my buttons correctly. And, uh, so this is Veronica. Hi, since you're on this channel and browsing these videos, I can guess where you might be at right now. Five years ago, I left a psychologically abusive marriage of 16 years. I am here to tell you that you will get through the pain that you're in, and it is possible to find that love you want where you get to be you. I'm Veronica Archer, and I am passionate about helping people find the joy that I now have and getting there much faster than I did. That is why I have gathered over 30 leading world experts to uncover what it truly takes to break the cycle of traumatic relationships and find the love that you want. We are bringing this to you in a completely free podcast style series where we are sharing scientifically backed strategies that I am sure you have not uncovered yet. Our speakers are also providing free gifts so you get over 30 free gifts so you can immediately start rebuilding a life where you get to be you. To join this free series and gift giveaway, just click on the link below. I can't wait to see you there. So did, I saw something that said nobody could hear that. Cause so could, could anyone hear that? That's such a bummer. Well, anyways, if that didn't work, I'll have to check that later. Oh no, Debbie said she couldn't hear it. So she couldn't hear it because I wasn't broadcast. Uh, no, actually she should have been able to hear that. Huh? Well, that's, well, we'll have to troubleshoot that later. <laughs> did everyone else hear that? Did it, did that work? And, and on that, uh, if in the link below or the first or second line on the video description in the show notes is the link for, for that. So, um, yeah, so check it out. Uh, I, I did actually create a free gift. It's the first one I did. It's a, it's a downloadable with companion videos. Um, not sure how I feel about it. Actually, for people who are members, or not members, but who are on my mailing list, I will send out the link for that. I'm going to figure out how I'm going to do that. So I'm new to all that other stuff, so so it's uh, it's tough. Okay, cool. People did hear it, so awesome. Okay, so the next thing I wanted to hit... Oh, first, phone lines are open. one 424-373-5483-1424 DSD Live if you want to call in and participate in the show. Uh, the other thing I wanted to hit is uh, I was reading a comment the other day and and it was ba- basically I want to talk about how we make decisions to allow the ex to prove their point of how bad they are. And what I mean by that, and this came up because somebody allowed someone else to, uh, to come back into their lives. And sometimes we have to do that because we don't really believe, we don't believe it yet. I guess technically, if you go back to it, 
It's like may, maybe you haven't taken the red pill yet. <laughs> you, you don't, or, or it hasn't completely dissolved and entered your system. I fell into this a lot where I'm like, okay, every time I, I every time I, you know, stick my head up, I get whack a mold, you know, and uh, what would happen is, is that something would happen. I would lean in again, so to speak and get re-hurt. It would just reprove the point. And I did that a handful of times. That wasn't it wasn't a one and done thing. There is a few times in the beginning stages of this where I would say, okay, things are changing a little bit. I'll I'll try to have some conversation and and inevitably every single time the relationship felt like it was going back to some sense of normal, normalcy, normality. The ex would would flip back to the attack mode. I was like, "What? What?" And and it was one of those things where I had to do that a few times. And this is kind of where I, I during this stage is where I came up with the. Uh, Absolute thinking. So what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to show on that is, so if you go to the main YouTube page, you just scroll down. The Mindset for Narcissistic Abuse Recovery. That second video in there, Absolute Thinking for Recovery. What I ended up having to do in that situation, or what happened at a, as a result of that, is I would have to tell, I would tell myself that, you know, that I'm dealing with a toxic person. I'm dealing with somebody who's never going to change. I'm, I'm basically, and what I say in the video, undiagnosed, X does not have a diagnosis of anything. Uh, according to her therapist, she was a beautiful butterfly who had just lived through a traumatic, traumatic, emotionally abusive relationship. And my problem is that I just couldn't handle her asserting herself. <laughs> Man, when I heard that, I'm like, are you kidding me? I'm finally putting my foot down and putting boundaries down. That's what's happening. But anyways, uh, that, and yeah, so she on that. So she is not diagnosed with anything. And what I ended up doing is saying, you know what? I'm going to go nuts if I don't come up with something. And I just basically, every time something would happen, I'd say, nope, she's NPD period. She's died. And I was like, nope, it's like, she has a diagnosis like 100%. And I just did that because it helped calm my mind down so I wasn't constantly ruminating about, well, is it going to change? Can she change? Is it going to be different? And that was the catalyst to me to where it's like, okay. You know, I didn't have like, I mean, one of the things she used to do every once in a while is she would make me tea. She's like, I made you iced tea. It's in the fridge. I'm like, oh, wow, thank you. I did it just for you. You know I hate iced tea. She didn't like iced tea. And I would think, oh, she made that for me. She cares about me. Bullshit. <laughs> it was a it was a manipulation tactic, and that's what I would say. I would I would my brain would go, well, but she used to make me tea, and I'm like, it was a manipulation tactic. It was try to suck you in. It was all it wasn't to be nice. It was to be manipulative, and I would just remind. It's like every time something would happen, that's what I would do. I would remind myself of what the reality was, and it started to help. You know. And it took a while. I mean, I, I mentioned that in that video I, I did or the, uh, the, the show we did about um, building routines. It took a while to get to the point where 
it took a, po- a while to get to the point to where the duration would would shrink. What I mean is, is that early part of it, I would start going down that pit of hell, start ruminating. And even if I said that to me, it, it was like I would say, I'd have to say it over and over. And almost like I'd have to put it on a recording and just, you know, keep just drilling it into my head. And then maybe what used to t- take days turned into a day, which then turned into hours, which then turned into minutes, which then turned into seconds, which then turned into like milliseconds. Like I don't even really have those thoughts anymore, but like a few years ago, I, I, every once in a while I still would. And I, and I would be like my brain, the programming in my brain was so much like, it would just be like, shut that down. It's like, what do you know? You know what you're dealing with. You know what it is. So just don't even think that. Don't even waste your time. Go, you know, go work on something else. The thing is, is that what I want to just, I guess, to wrap it up on, on this particular topic, if you find yourself, we'll use the pot analogy, right? The hot pot on the stove. If you find yourself there's a hot pot on the stove and you touch it and you burn yourself. You know, the, the normal thing is what we think is, is that you don't touch it again. Unfortunately, what happens oftentimes in our situations is, is you touch the pot. You're like, ow. Okay. Well, the flame's still on, but, but maybe it's cooled down and you touch it again. Ow. And you do it over, you do it multiple times. I don't want you guys to do it multiple times, but I also want you to understand that in our situations, it's normal to have to, to do that a few times to prove to ourselves that it's really, that it's really a hot pan. And, and sometimes in that you get hurt. So sometimes to prove to yourself that your ex is toxic, is dangerous, is a hot pan, sometimes it takes a little bit more to prove to prove it to yourself for it to really sink in. Just know that it's really common and normal, unfortunately, for people to have to do that. So if you're and, and the reason I say this, the reason I, I think this is important is I know whenever I would go back to the well, so to speak, or you know, when I would retouch the the, the hot pan. I would then start being critical on myself, like, why are you, know, what is wrong with you? Is what I'd be saying to myself. What is wrong with you? How can you not see this? How can you keep doing this? You know, is what I'd be saying to myself. You know, it's going to be the same thing. It's like this, this war within yourself to accept reality. And it just takes time to, you know, I mean, I guess it takes time to realize that you have to turn the stove off. You have to wait a couple of hours or a couple of days, and then you can take the pan, throw the water out of it or whatever, and just move on to something else. It's, it's one of those things that, that is really, really tough. And, oh crap, something just overtook my screen. That was weird. It takes... It just takes time to, 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 to learn that lesson and to accept it. Give yourself the time to do that. So let me, let me check and see what's going on in the comments. 
Jack says, frog and boiling water story. Yeah, that's another... Well, I think that's more of an example of what happens whenever we get into the thing, right? You get into the relationships, it's like, oh, wow, it's a nice little hot tub. And then it seems like it's getting hotter and hotter. And if you don't jump out, you're going to get boiled. Dewey Dew says, if marriage... If marriage is to come, it will happen, but I will not rush it. I want a good eight years plus of no red flags, no dilemmas, no hysteria, no chaos. You know, I mean, the, the, the problem is maybe not so much for older people, right? I mean, I'm, I'm 50 and, uh, you know, it's not like, I mean, if you're sitting there and you're wanting to have more kids and, and stuff like that, then then maybe some of these things have a you know more of a timeline on it but honestly give yourself time in my mind there is no hurry on anything you know you want to take it slow you want to make sure that there are like this person said no red flags no dilemmas no hysteria no chaos i mean technically you know there's always a little bit of chaos but you know, you just have to like, okay, have a, have a, have a realistic view on things. I guess Dewey also said, I'm happy to stay single, focus on my own goals, improving my career, more focused with the time I got with my daughter. Awesome point. Um, I'm in no rush. Yeah. You know, and, and the thing is though, so this is my take on this, right? So if you, if you approach it that way and you, and you have a good life, you're building, you know, you're building your relationship with your kid or kids, depending, you know, or even whatever. I mean, it's like you're, you're on a path that's positive. I can see, I mean, not what I mean is, is that then if somebody comes into your life and it's like, Hey, this person's a good, good fit. They don't bring a lot of drama and chaos and you try and you choose to have them in there. Well, that's a different story, right? I mean, and then the nice part about it is, is you're in a mindset to where you don't, you're not desperate for that. So it's like, you don't need that person in there. I feel so bad for people. I know a few people in, in real life that are so desperate to be in a relationship that they put up with so much just toxic, nasty crap. And it's like it traps them there, right? I mean, they're so afraid of being alone that they will allow so much crap in their lives. And it's just, it's, it's weird. You, you just watch this vicious cycle of bad decision over bad decision. And it's like, you know, you almost want to say to them, you're not happy. You know, you're, you're not really happy. You're scared, but you're in this situation. It's like, but they can't, but sometimes, and I think a lot of people get in this mode. I mean, I guess technically I was in this mode for what, two decades. The idea of being alone or losing somebody or not having someone else, you're in, in this mindset of, I guess, lack for lack of a lack of a better word. And you just keep putting up with things that you shouldn't because the alternative is so freaking scary. Oh, 
This is cool. Mr. Man says, despite my anger, I met someone and we both agreed no marriage. Well, and you know the thing is, though, I think typically people think that it's stereotypically like the guy is like, I'm never going to get married again. I think there's a, I think there's a, a good faction of, of uh, women out there who are like, nope. You know, I won't mind, I don't mind having a relationship, but I will not, you know, do this, 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 and this again, or how, you know, I mean, so I think it's, it's probably more common, I guess, for, for a man to be like, nope, never doing that again. So anyways, um, what do we got, man, no calls today and we're about out of time on that, but considering that, uh, things started out a little weird understandable. Let's see, scrolling around here for a moment. So, Hey, one thing I want to mention is, uh, for people who want to continue the conversation later, but in a, in a non Facebook environment, I do have a discord server. It's the DSD discord server. Uh, you can get to that by, let me scroll back over here. If you go to the, just go to the main YouTube page in the banner in the top link is the invite for the discord. If you're not familiar with that, it's a, it's like an internet relay chat from the old days, just with a lot more features. It's got a bunch of different rooms in it. It's private ish. You know, I mean, I, I'm basically, I'm the gatekeeper on how people get into it. And, uh, so if you decide to, to get into it, it'll, welcome you into a general public area. You won't be able to see everything else and you have to connect with me, just direct message me and then I'll get you in. And it's a, it's a community of people who have been through this all over the world who can help you, uh, you know, you can share stuff with and, and get some extra support. It's kind of like having this chat thing whenever we're live uh, all the time. Lark says, uh, Dwayne, I think I'm done with relationships for a long time. There is nothing wrong with that. Take your time. Focus on getting your life back. Focus on healing, uh, healing the damn wounds that, that, that started this in the first place. Drill back down and find out how in the world you got there. It's not fun. It is not easy. It is really, really hard. But if you do that, it, it'll change your life. I would say if you're a guy and you're like, I ain't going to no damn therapist. They're witch doctors. I'll tell you, I used to think that. I'm like, they're all quacks. It's crazy. It's mumbo jumbo. People who go to therapists are nuts. When I was in my darkest days, I'm like, you know what? I have to do something different because this isn't working. And I was fortunate enough to find a skilled trauma therapist who was outstanding. And it was just by sheer luck. It was probably the universe or God basically putting her in my path. And uh, I went in with an open mind and I'm like, okay, I I'm like, all right, I'm going to embrace this. I got nothing to lose. Uh, fortunately where I work, typically going to therapies frowned upon because of work issues but when you're going through a divorce, that's a pass. That's one of those things where it's like, have you sought therapy? 
Uh, and then in parentheses, if it's for divorce or yada, 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 you don't have to disclose it or, you know, that's what, you know, that's what it is. It's like, check. So it, it gave me an opportunity to, uh, to, uh, to do that. But, but, but guys take the time, really take the time to, to reevaluate your life. You know, you're already going through, all you guys are already going through probably the most difficult emotionally torturous thing you've ever experienced in your life. You're already here, right? It's like you've already put your, you know, you've already stepped, stepped in, you know what? It's like you've, you went into a cold pool. You've walked in, you know, you got maybe up to your, to your knees in the water. You're freezing. You're like, Oh my God, this is cold. This is cold. I don't like this. I don't like this. Just dunk yourself in. It's just push through it. You can't, you can't, there's no other way to do it, right? I mean, some people, I think I fell in this category, you slowly just keep going in. It's like, oh my God, this is cold. I don't like this. And then you go a little bit, I'll go a little bit farther. I'll go a little bit farther. And you just slowly do it, torturing yourself the entire way. And then you got those people who just like, okay, they just jump right in and they're fine because they acclimate to it. It's just, you absolutely have to, just, you have to, to put in the time on it. You owe it to yourself to do that. Anyways, a spring chicken says, not sure, uh, not sure how discord works. It's, it's, it, it yeah, you just have to check it out. It, it's kind of like a big chat forum, uh, private servers. A lot of times gamers use it. Uh, discord is primarily used by gaming, the gaming community for people to communicate in the back end uh, when they're playing games and stuff, but it's a free service and uh, it allows you to um, just build a whole community. So anyways, let me see. Oh man, this uh, DC had said, got to find a good therapist. Maybe you could talk about how to discern the good ones. Yeah. I think we don't have enough time. We only have like, two minutes. So I don't, I'll, I'll start that off tomorrow and that's what tomorrow, right? Yeah. Friday. We'll, we'll talk about, uh, I wonder if I could get, I'll see if I can get Chris Godinez on. Maybe I wonder if she'll do that. That'd be a good conversation to have with her. We talked a little bit about that, but that might be an interesting, interesting collaboration. So let's see. Um, man, yeah, it's, Sorry for the rock, the rocky start on this. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out that you get to be you thing, if you you know the links in the in the uh, in the video and on the show notes, check it out. I'm really looking forward to. It. I'm really glad to be a part of it. It's kind of exciting to be be a part of something that looks like it's going to be pretty big and and uh, well, big. I, maybe it's not the right word, but it just a lot of good information in it. So I'm hoping that it's it has a lot of value for everybody. Uh, on that, thank you guys for hanging out with me today. Sorry about the hiccups. Uh, and sorry about yesterday. Really appreciate all your support. Had a pretty good conversation. I do want to thank all the channel members. I'm going to hit this right now. The everyone above a level two. Thank you so much for putting your faith into what I do here. It means a lot. Really appreciate that. It's uh, 
man, you know, we go through all this. It seems like it's the hardest times in the world, which it is. But I'm telling you, with the, putting the work in, you get your life back. You break this cycle of abuse. You, you can get out of that fog that you were in in the past that you don't allow this stuff to continue to happen to you. Anyways, I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. And uh, I'll see you on the next one.